Maybe you, you tripped up. Maybe you said some things you shouldn't have said. Maybe you treated some people wrong. Maybe you did a lot of that stuff. But this is a place you can come and abide and get help. Amen. I mean, together. Because, guys, we're all on the same playing field, man. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nobody in here perfect. Okay, no matter how good you look or how well you're dressed, man, we all are a work in what? Progress. God's working on us, okay? So today, I'm going to ask you guys, because this is going to be an encouraging series. Because how many of you know if God is with us, who can be against us? But we first got to get the first part of that, right? We got to believe that God's with us, because is there times in your life and my life that we just kind of go, where is God? <laughs> where is He? I mean, you don't feel nothing. You don't feel saved. Your life's kind of going crazy, and you got like, God, did you go on vacation? <laughs> Good news. He lives on vacation. Hallelujah. And you are his guest. You are his child, and he is always about you. No matter how dark, no matter how good it may be, God is always right there with you. So today, I just want to encourage you guys, man, to, to uh, let you know that God is with us, okay? So if y'all would go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew 1. We're going to read a few scriptures, and then we're going to get into some content that I believe is going to help you guys, man. I'm really excited. That last song, guys, I'm going to tell you something right now, man. He is the king of my heart. How about you? Is he the king of your heart? Because if he's not, how about you kicking something else that is the king of your heart? Let's get rid of that sucker right now, okay? Put Jesus there. Because I remember as a young kid, man, in school, uh, you know, I wasn't always this handsome. You know, I wasn't always this good looking, okay? I didn't always have a body like this right here. You know what I'm saying? I was a kid in school that had glasses, dorky. I'm not saying glasses are dorky, okay? I'm not saying that at all, okay? But for me, they made fun of me. I was a little runt. And the reason why I say glasses is because I remember, this might be a little gross, okay? I guess that's the reason why I say you know, what I said. But I remember being out at break. And back then, we used to go outside and we would, you know, at Stockbridge High School. Now it's a... Netflix movie arena, but it was it was a dump. But anyway, we actually would go out back of the cafeteria and we'd kind of walk around a little paved parking lot there. That's kind of where we'd hang out for break time. Well, man, I remember, man, this mean dude. Did y'all ever have them guys at school that made you just look at me and go, wow, man, that guy right there could probably break you in half. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's some girls there too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we do a girl in school that do the same thing. But anyway, this guy, man, hocked up a loogie. You ever hocked up a loogie? Has anybody ever picked their nose? I'm just kidding. No, don't raise your hand. But he hocked up a loogie, and he spit that thing across, and it landed right here on the frame of my glasses. And, of course, not being the brute man that I am now, then, little runt dude, probably weighed 75 pounds soaking wet, what do you do? I mean, gosh, you know, that's humiliating. I mean, he knew what he did. Other people saw it. I felt like I was worthless, you know. And then the same guy... I don't know if it was that day or weeks later, but he came on the bus and just started hitting me for no apparent reason. And I'm going, dude, this is getting bad, man. Come on, man. What do I got, a hit me sign on me or something, man? Come on, spit on me. But I know what it's like to be in school and be looked down upon and not be treated like everybody else. See the popular girls that you wish you could date, but you never will. <laughs> you know? Seeing, you know, seeing the, uh, the hot guys or, or the popular guys and go, man, if I could just hang out with them, I would be somebody. I mean, we've all been there. You got the hot shots in school that think they're more, that, more than they really are. You know what I'm saying? But I've been there. And then coming out of school and then getting into life and just realizing that, you know what? Everybody's not cheering me on in life. I don't have a fan club, okay? 
We didn't have Facebook and all that back then, so I didn't have followers that I could rely on. I didn't have Instagram followers that could like my picture and make me feel good about myself. You know, all five of them, I believe. You know what, take what you can get. We didn't have that, okay? So we really had to just work our way through this world, man, and I didn't have God. But I know this, the day I met God on May of 1988, not on, it was in May. I don't know the exact day, okay? I know it wasn't a Sunday because I was in a guy's living room when I got saved. So it was during the week. But I remember giving my heart to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something, from that time on, a 20-year-old that got converted by the power of God, and it went in my heart, and it changed my life. I, for one, had known somebody loved me. Somebody cared for me. And from that day forward to this day today, man, coming to church is a privilege to Nathan, man. I count it an honor to be able to come and sing to a great God that does care so much about me, that does love me. I don't care who's speaking. I don't care what churches I've been to. Man, when I go, I go to lean in and say, God, what do you have for me? I don't care if the roof's falling in. I don't care if the walls are shaking. I don't care if somebody's, you know, got gas in the road before me and it stinks. I, I don't care. I just want more of God. I want more Jesus, man. He is what I need. Because I know when I leave here, y'all don't come home with me. But he does. He's with me all the time. And how many of you guys have been in positions in your life to where, A, you knew he was there. Or B, you wished he was there. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, man. We've been in these positions. But I'm here to tell you today, we're going to read some passages. I'm going to get into some things. I'm going to preach for probably two hours today. Then we're going to pray for J-Rod, uh, J hallelujah. We're going to pray for him for a couple hours. So we're going to be here for a while. Glory to God. So you guys go ahead and get used to it. I will probably need some uh, Kleenex as well. <laughs> hallelujah. Has anybody else been battling a little bit of junk? Yeah. I actually got a voice, man, a couple days ago. I felt like a little girl. Nothing against girls. Again, you got to watch everything you say now, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, you just got to watch it. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, what are you doing about me? But I, did, I didn't sound like a guy. I kind of had a really you know, crazy voice. Thank you so much. Glory to God. Did y'all like that party last night? Was that fun? How about that food? Was it good? I'm not going to blow my nose, so don't worry. <laughs> that red velvet cake? Hallelujah. I think he's going to be cooking that for everybody in the next week or so. So he's going to help everybody. <laughs> oh, I would like to say thank you, whoever said that. It just reminded me. Uh, Dwayne and Michelle, which are taking over the hospitality side of uh, Revolution Church, we're so excited about it. Uh, they're going to actually have a meeting next week right after the Sunday morning service. And Cindy's cooking a real buffet. And uh, I know you didn't know that, but, you know, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're going to be supplying some food. So if you would like to get in an area, we want to try to expand the hospitality team and begin to have some ushers, to be, you know, greeters, maybe some parking lot teams. So it's teenagers, whatever. If you want to get involved in this church and start doing something, next Sunday after the service, please hang out. We're going to give you a meal. But really, we need smiling faces. I'm going to be here. Because if I'm not preaching one Sunday, I'd just soon be out there shaking hands and, and loving people. Because, you know, I'm not going to preach every Sunday. <laughs> that was a bad time, man. Y'all like, well, what? No, you need to preach. No, I'm just kidding. We got great men and women of God here that they're going to be speaking to. But I want people to be greeting people, man. Let's be a happy church. Take yeah. a hand and hug a neck, amen. That ain't nothing. I mean, that's easy. Everybody can get in the parking lot and wave at people. Get out there at the end of the street and just wave signs. Woo! I mean, just get excited, man. You never know when you may change somebody's life by doing something like that. You may say, well, that's crazy. I ain't going to do that. 
Well, then you need to get to the altar and get some pride out of you. Hallelujah. This ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about them. Amen. And whatever it takes to get them in here, we just going to do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know why I said all that, but anyway, but put that on your calendar. If you are involved in the uh, hospitality, we definitely want you here. If you ain't doing nothing in church, you know, I read a scripture. Well, we got a scripture on our vision board for the church. It says something like this. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, of our God, shall do what? Flourish. The key word is planted. You got to get in here. You got to get to doing something. You're planted. Everybody can shake a hand. Everybody can wave. Everybody can do, everybody can do that. Welcome to Revolution Church. Welcome. We can all do that. So, hey, make plans to, to come back uh, and, and be a part of that next Sunday after the church. So, let's get into the Bible, Matthew 1. Hallelujah. Let's read some of the Word of God. This is going to be good. I'm so excited about this. God with us, part one. We're going to be talking about the valleys today, but we're going to get on the mountain first. Hallelujah. So, in Matthew 1, 18, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Are y'all interested to know how he was born? Yeah. Okay, let's read. Let's go over that. His mother, he had a mama named Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, okay, this is before they got married now, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, guys, stop right there. All y'all know, y'all engaged to this beautiful woman of yours. You know she's a virgin, and all of a sudden she tells you she got a baby. And then she's going to say the Holy Ghost did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know about that, dog. That ain't happening, Okay. So he was, he was having second thoughts about this. <laughs> Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. I mean, this guy is a righteous man. He loves God with all of his heart. He's having second thoughts here. He said, and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And all the men, you know, you know, you would be doing the same thing, okay? You would be thinking, no, dog, I can't be starting. You got a baby? It ain't my baby. Man, when you tell me the Holy Ghost or whatever, all this stuff. Yeah, you got a ghost, all right. You weird. I'm out of here. But thank God he didn't do that. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Thank God for that angel. Hallelujah. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he went, whew. Thank you, Jesus. I really love this woman. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will do what? Save his people from their sins. So who is going to save us from sin? Jesus. Okay? He's the only one that's going to save us from our sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And we're going to read that in just a minute. Isaiah said these same words, basically. It says, look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? Everybody say it. God is with us. Okay, we're going to back up where Isaiah said this approximately 700 years before Matthew. It says in verse 15, 7 verse 15, it says, Then Isaiah said, Listen well, you royal family of David. Okay, to get a little context here, Isaiah is bringing a little correction. Okay, he's kind of talking to the children of Israel. Because they had done got rebellious. I know none of y'all have ever done that. But they have got a little rebellious for the up time. Okay. So he's bringing a little correction to them. Because they want to see a sign. Okay. That God's who he says he is. So he said, listen well you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exalt human patience? Must you exalt the patience of my God as well? All right then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. Which means what? God with us. 
So God said that 700 years prior to it happening. Does God do what he says? He does what he says every single time. That's why the promises of God need to be inside of you and me. Like, man, I'm telling you like nothing else. Because his promises always come to pass. Now, do they come to pass the next day? Sometime. No, no, no. 700 years right here. Okay? All right? It was 4,000 years before Jesus showed up from the time that he actually spoke to Eve in the garden. Remember, he spoke to Eve and uh, the serpent and said, hey, I'm going to raise somebody that's going to bruise your head. Okay? Well, that was 4,000 years. So God will do what he said he's going to do. It's just not going to be the day you want him to. But we want to always know that God's with us. He's with his promises. Stand on his promises, and I promise you, you will get what you are asking for. So for Christians, okay, it is easy for us to believe God is with us when we're on the mountaintops. When everything's going good, oh, man, that's easy to believe that God is with us. You get a raise, whoa, man, God, I love you. Your team wins, hallelujah. Your kids sleep through the night, that's a big win. If you got little babies, come on, man, I'm telling you right now, that will wear you out. And when that baby sleeps through the night, you wake up and go, man, am I dreaming? Did that baby just sleep all night? Hallelujah. I mean, that's a big, big deal. Maybe you get your favorite parking spot, especially this time of year. How many of y'all pull up and y'all see one right in front of the road? You go, oh my gosh, it's the angel of the Lord right there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it, you know, when we're on the mountaintops, we tend to always be okay. We're enjoying God at this time. But guess what? It's a little bit more difficult when we're not on that mountaintop experience. We kind of dip down into the valleys. And everybody in this room, I don't care your age. I don't care your background. Everybody in this room, you have experienced both of them. Even to this date, I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care who you are. You've experienced the highs and you've experienced the lows. What I want to do today is I really want to spend some time talking about a God that's with us when we are low, when we're in a place that we really didn't want to be. Sometimes when everything seems to be going great, we get some bad news. John 16, 32, Jesus put it this way. He said, listen to me, a time is coming when you will be scattered, each to his own home. Now, he was talking about the 12 disciples because as you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was with Jesus, I mean, God alone, and then he faced the Roman soldiers, right after that occurrence, what happened? All of them scattered. They left Jesus all by himself. So he was prophesying and letting them know this was going to happen, okay? So he goes on to say, in fact, the time is already here because it was getting ready to happen. You will leave me and I will be alone. You will leave me and I will be alone. Now, if we stop right there, you would think Jesus was going to be alone, right? All by himself. Let's keep reading. But I am never really alone. Just because people in your life leave you is no sign you're by yourself. Jesus is telling us right here, okay? And we'll finish it in just a minute, but I don't care who leaves you. I don't care who walks away from you. Jesus said that he was not alone. You are never, ever alone. Never, ever alone. He goes on to say, because the Father, who? The Father Father is with me. What what did it say? Emmanuel. She'll have a son named Emmanuel. That means God with us. He will be with you. He will not leave you. It goes on to say, uh, but I am never alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world you will have troubles, but be brave. I have defeated the world. Jesus has defeated the world. You can have peace in me. In God, in the midst of hell in your life. I mean, all hell can be breaking loose. And we don't really, we say that loosely, guys. I mean, really, we, when we say all hell's broke loose in our life, or everything's gone to hell in my life, man, really, guys, if you could really get a picture of hell, we probably wouldn't say that. Because that's a bad place. It's an awful place. 
I mean, on our worst day, it don't never look like hell. Okay, I can tell you that right now. Now, but again, we're humans, so we only can see what's in front of us. I hadn't been to hell. Has anybody been to hell? Come back. Don't plan on going there. That's not on my vacation list. Hallelujah. But this is what happened to us last year, October. I know I say this a lot, but man, this is fresh. I've had other occasions in my life. But last year, we was on the mountaintop. In August, man, we took a trip to, to Daytona. We're down there at Daytona Sea Breeze Resort. Man, we're having a good time going on the beach. I mean, we're, we're just enjoying God. I mean, we're having a great time with God. Everything seems to be going good. Got back October, we get a bad report. We just came off vacation, loving life, and then bam, bam, something happened. We found ourselves not on the mountaintop anymore. We're now in the valley. And this is a bad place to be, man. I'm telling you, man. And the thing that I have in my heart is there's many in this room right now that you are currently in the valley. Something in your life is in a valley. It could be your finances. It could be your marriage. It could be, you know, the kids struggling. Um, it could be your job, you know. It could be you're facing depression. It could have been a bad report from a doctor. Whatever the case may be, some of you in this room are in a valley. But the good news is about being in a valley is you're not alone. And I've come today to encourage you and to give you strength and to let you know, not me, but God wants to let you know you are not by yourself. That he's going to see you out of this valley. Matter of fact, you're going to start coming out of that valley like you never have before at the end of the day. Okay? We're coming out of that valley. We ain't staying in that valley no more. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you today is where is God in those valleys? Anybody ever thought that? I mean, you're in the valley, man. Your world's going crazy. And you think, man, where is he at? Okay? Because uh, valleys in the Bible don't really denote good things, okay? They meant battles. They meant loneliness. They meant struggles. When you went down to the valley, that usually meant that there was going to be some war. There was going to be some bloodshed. It really wasn't going to be good because there's critters down in the valley. You know, my brother, he likes to go to the mountains a lot. He goes to uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where they have the huge mountains, and he'll usually climb them mountains even by himself. But my son Cayman and Maverick have been with him too. But you get to a certain elevation in those high mountains, there's really no critters up there anymore. They don't go that high. Why? There's nothing green up there. It all becomes just mountain. It becomes like rock. Okay? So the higher you go, guess what? You're getting away from what? The critters in life. You're getting away from the trouble in life. That's why the eagles, what do they do? They soar way up high. Okay? And we're, 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 we're pictured as an eagle. We should be soaring up with God up to high places. But uh, the valleys would denote bad things. Valleys were also a place of growth. Build your faith. Experience God in different ways in the valley. In your notes, I got a comment in there, and I want you guys to fill in the blanks right here. It says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him intimately in the valleys. I'm going to tell you something. There's a part of me, as I look at you right now, that I look back at the time that we walked through this, and we're still walking through it, but at the darkest time when I was down in the valley, there's times right now that I wish I could go back there. Why? I was seeking God more than I ever saw Him. I was weeping. I was crying. I was going after God in a way that was just so special. And he was meeting me where I was. And every day I needed him. I needed help every single day. And as I would cry, he would come. As I would pray, he would come. As I would say, you're a good father. As I would lift him up, and I would, he would come. He would come. He met me where I'm at. And he actually walked us through some difficult times. 
You get to know him intimately when you're in those valleys. Not that we are, are voting for valleys, okay? We're not. But guys, they're going to come. So let's get something while we're there. What is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian when going through life's challenges? What's the difference? I just jotted a few things down. Christians look to God for help through the tough time. They look up. They say, hey, look, man, whoa, whoa, whoa man, we, we can do this. Because they come to church. They listen to podcasts. They read the Bible. So there's an element of hope. You know, you have something to look forward to. You know, even though it may look hopeless, you kind of in the back of your mind, you're going, ah, man, I read David, slew the giant. That was pretty bad. You start playing some things. You might say, you start really thinking, man, I think I can come out of this. But if you're a non-Christian, look, they look to earthly help. They go to the king of beers. Bud Light. We're going to reach for a Bud Light. Because, you know, a little bit of alcohol will kind of help me be able to deal with this problem. And ultimately, I'll be honest with you, it does bring a sense of earthly peace and numbness to it. There's an element of alcohol. When you drink it, you kind of, it's not that you forget what's going on in life, but you kind of don't really care what's going on in life. You know what I'm saying? You know, some of them will reach to, uh, you know, drugs. Some reach to food. I mean, their life's going bad. It ain't going the way they want it to, so they just go to eating and try to fill an aching void in their life. Tubs of ice cream, plates of food. Some look to entertainment. They'll go see movies. They'll watch all kinds of TVs. Netflix becomes their God, and they just click, 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 click. They just watch and try to fill a void through entertainment. They'll go to bars and clubs. Man, that's a bad place to go. Good gosh. All of them about as messed up as you are, but they're drinking. Hallelujah. And they ain't feeling it. Woo! What you got, man? That means just lost his house and car and family and everything. They just, woo! Hallelujah. Some look to uh, medication. Some will look to medication. And that's a true thing. Some will spend more time at work. All these things, when you're a non-believer, you look to earthly things to try to figure out how I can get through this valley. The only problem is, is all that stuff's in the valley. All that stuff is supporting the valley. All that stuff has actually got people to where they're stuck in the valley because entertainment ain't bringing me out of where I was in. When we was going through this, I wasn't watching movies. I wasn't watching no TV. I was watching Praise, Joel Osteen, on and on and on. I mean, that's all I'm watching is the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. That's all I'm listening to. Why? Because i got to get out of this thing. And I know that Matthew McConaughey is not going to help me get out of this thing, even though I like him as an actor. Jim Carrey ain't going to help me get out of this thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these things ain't going to get me out. And there ain't no matter. I'm telling you, medication is good. I thank God for medication. But medication will never fill a void that only God can. My mom faces uh, psychotic or psychotis, whatever. What's they called? Yeah, crazy. Okay. All right. She, she takes drugs for that. All right. And those drugs are very expensive and high potent drugs. But they, all they do is they put her in a state of mind that she can't even hardly think. She's not thinking for herself. She's just sitting there looking at me. Hey, Mama, how you doing? I mean, she really don't really, you know, when she's on some of those hard drugs. Drugs, I thank God for, but they do help us, but they cannot heal you from a broken heart. Okay, they can't heal you from a, a cancer that's terminal. They can't do it. You've got to have God. You've got to have Him. Without God, you have no hope. You really don't. We, enjoy, we can enjoy God in the valleys and win. And that's what I want to talk about today. We can actually get down in those valleys and we can have revival in the valley. That's what so many people are looking for around you. 
A lot of these people stuck in the valley. They need somebody to walk through this thing. And, hey, man, it's good. We're all right. We're good. We're fist pump. We're all right. We're coming out of this thing. Just hook up. We're going to get out of this thing. We're going to move. We're going to do it. And you can. You can be that one that throws the lifeguard to these people. So today I want to look at a text in Psalms 84, 5 through 7. It's in your notes. If you, you don't want to pull it up, just look at your notes. But let's start in verse 5 where it said, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The valley of Baca was also known as a valley of tears, a valley of weeping, a valley of loss. Nothing about that valley sounds like it's popular or I want to go hang out there. How about you? Nothing. <laughs> Valleys usually were a place, like I said earlier, were difficult to travel through without facing trouble and hardship. Place of thorns, wild animals, vipers, all these kind of things were there. You know, people that would want to rob you and take from you, they're in these valleys. But Psalms 84, 5 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. The psalmist is actually encouraging us because they're going through the Valley of Becca. And he's saying, look, this is what we've chose to do. We've chose to say, hey, look, our strength is going to go from strength to strength as we're in this thing because we have set our hearts on the pilgrimage. And the pilgrimage in this particular passage was talking about Jerusalem. They just knew that if they could get to Jerusalem or the promised land, that was their place of safety. But if you don't know God personally, you probably will find yourself exhausted. I can't take it anymore. You don't think you'll make it. Because the reality is, as a non-believer, all you have is all you have. That's it. That's all you bring to the table. All you have is all you have. That means if you're going to try to go through a valley in your own strength, you're going to, you're going to do all you can do to get through that. And I'm not saying there's not people that have literally overcome some obstacles in their life that don't know God. That's not true. You can go on YouTube and see people that have just had a fighting spirit and they've worked their way through some difficult times in life. But I'm going to say this about those people. Those people belong to God too, whether they're saved or not. And I got kids in my life. I do. I got five of them. And do you think as they were growing up that all five of them pleased me the same? Uh-uh. No, no, no. But did I ever stop and say, I'm not going to help that one because it's not doing good? I'll help that one because, man, they're doing everything I ask them to do. They're, they're perfect angels. No. And don't get me wrong, the angel will probably get more blessed, okay? But I'm still going to be blessing all my kids because I love them. Amen. And it's the same thing with our great God. He don't look at sinners the way we do. Sinners are still his creation. And the Bible says very clearly that his blessings, his, 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 it reigns on the just and the unjust. He's always trying to ooze his kids to come to him. And sometimes you'll see people get successful. It's not because of them, even though they're shouting it was them. No, their daddy helped them along the way. Nobody has become anything in life on their own. Don't ever think they have. There's many people around them. Hallelujah. But followers of Christ, we believe in a God that will give us strength when we are weak. He will lift us up and help us out of the valley of Becca. That means when we go into trouble, we know that there's a God that can actually help us. We begin to look to Him. But notice that this verse doesn't say, Blessed are those who make it on their own. It don't say that. It don't say, Blessed are those who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Blessed are those that are really determined. It don't say that. It's blessed are those 
who find their strength in Him. Their strength in Him, in Him. The big problem in our world today is we idolize the spirit of independence. I don't need anybody. I can do this myself. I don't need nobody. I can do this all by myself. Man, even if you do become successful, you didn't do it by yourself. No way, no how. You had somebody helping you. But we fall into that right there. Don't need God or anybody to make it. I can do it all by myself. The problem is you were created to depend on who? God. And I'm going to say something else. You was also created to depend on others. God wanted us to do life together. He wanted us to go to the neighbor. We wanted us to go help our neighbor. Did he not? He says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and love your what? Neighbor. We need each other, guys. You need people in your life. Don't ever become isolated. If you try to isolate yourself, that's why this whole idea of I'm an introvert and I'm an extrovert, I wish somebody would burn that memo. I think that throws more people on an island of loneliness and all by yourself. I'm an introvert. I can't be around nobody. Well, yeah, I keep saying that and it'd get worse. How about you just say, we ain't going to say extrovert or introvert. I'm a person that loves God and loves people. How about we just say that, okay? Because you need people in your life. Don't fall back. I can't hate me. People want to always try to categorize you. You're this. You're this. Says who? I ain't read one scripture that says I'm an extrovert. But I'll have people all the time say, hey, you're an extrovert, man. Nathan, you just, you just, man, you, you just like to go. You like to go. It is extrovert, right? I am an extrovert. I am. I am. Okay. We'll make sure I'm in the right category. You know, I don't want to be talking about. But seriously, we try to categorize everybody, and I think sometimes it can help us be able to deal with people, and I think there's a place for that. But man, don't let that just absolutely mold shape you. You're a child of God. You can be anything God says you can be, not people. Amen? Be what God's called you to be. I mean, my brother, I love him, man. He may listen to this podcast. Hey, Jamie, I love you, man. <laughs> you know, um, But, you know, me and him, some of the most extroverted people on the planet, but I've listened to my brother year after year say, I'm an extrovert. He ain't no extrovert. I tell him all the time, man, you ain't no extrovert, man. But he has said it to where now he actually does isolate himself a little bit. Would you, introvert. <laughs> Moving right along, hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> but we were created to depend on God. When you're weak, his strength is made perfect. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus said this to Paul. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. When does God really get glory in your life? When you're weak. When you're going through something. That's when God can really be seen big is when we all know you can't do nothing about it. That's when we get to see God be glorified. In Psalms 84, 5, it says this, just kind of breaking down this, this verse. This is an NLT. It says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem. We may be in the valley, but we're going to a place of peace. Everybody in this room, we're headed to a place of peace. Now, this is in your notes. I didn't give this to Brandon. This is my bad, so y'all might have to sit real slow. But this is on your notes. Blessed are those who have their minds set toward God. Who have their minds set toward God. Or did I get no, I didn't give it to him. Sorry about that. Whose mind, who have their minds set toward God. In Colossians 3, it says this in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, 
Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is. Seating at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. That means we always are setting our mind on things above. That's why you need to get in the Bible. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to seek God. Because a valley's coming to you. It's coming to me. And if we do not prepare ourselves for that, when we get in it, it's going to be harder to get out of that valley. We must keep our minds on God in the valley. And then we must speak His word to come out of the valley. Got to be cautious not to talk like others that are still in the valley. Hallelujah. I want to just give you a few. Uh, we'll talk about that right here, right now. You may be going through the valley, but your mind can still be on God. This is valley talk. Okay? So if you're in the valley, I want to just give you a few things that you may hear around you. All right? You may hear people say, uh, or you may say this too, I will never get ahead. I always get sick this time of year. Have you ever heard that? I worry all the time. I'm allergic to that. That's a big one. I am scared. I am nervous. I want to do right, but I always make the wrong decisions. I can't win for losing. You ever heard that one? <laughs> if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. <laughs> By the way, we don't believe in luck. Hallelujah. But you do hear that. Hallelujah. I always mess up. This is a big one here. I owe, I owe. It's off the work I go. And we giggle about it. I mean, really, I mean, we're laughing now. But you know what I'm saying? These are just kind of statements that you'll hear when you're in the valley. I'm telling you guys, when you're in the valley, those people have been living there so long, they've not got accustomed to it. It's just the way we roll around here. We ain't never going to get ahead. I mean, we ain't never going to be able to make it. Man, it seems like when I make a dollar, I spend a hundred. Man, when I go to Walmart, they always get all my money. You know what I mean? We say these things like it's no big deal. But you wonder why your life ain't going better, Okay. If you want something different, then you need to say something different. I ain't I-O-I-O off the work I go. I ain't doing that. Hallelujah. Ain't nothing about traffic in Atlanta that I like. So I'm trying to say, oh, no, I'm rich, I'm rich, and I'm, I'm out of my job. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, it's crazy out there. My current circumstances may be in the valley, but my mind is fixed on God. My heart may be anxious, but my mind is fixed on God. My soul may be aching, but my mind is fixed on God. My emotions may be going crazy, but my mind is fixed on God. Too much to do. Marriage in a bad place. Lost your job. Don't know what you're going to do for Christmas. My mind is fixed on God. He will be with you. He will help you through everything you go through in life. I don't care what it is, good, bad. Mind, I will never give up. Ne give up should never come out of your mouth. Never. We don't give up. I don't care how bad it is. I'm telling you what, you got one foot in the, you got one foot in the grave, and I mean, man, your body's falling apart. And you're going to say, I ain't giving up. I'm going to keep fighting. We fight the good fight of faith, no matter what is going on in our life. We don't give up. I tell you, we never give up. That don't even, don't even come in our mind. Hallelujah. Because his promises will change our situation. His promises is what we're going to lay hold of. Psalms 84, 6, as we work through this, it says, as they pass through the valley of Becca. Notice they wasn't staying. They're passing through the valley of Becca. They're getting out of this thing, man. They're coming out of it. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Now, one thing about this particular passage right here, when it says that they make it a, a place of springs, in the valley was also looked at as like a place of desert. 
dry land. Wasn't a lot of there, okay? But if you're in a dry place, what are you going to do? You're going to dig, and you're going to try to find a spring, right? They're going to try to find a spring. Well, in this particular case here, what they would do is they, because they knew God was going to provide, they would dig a hole knowing that God's going to rain and fill it up. They would dig a hole. What about you? You're in the valley. Have you got you a place that you know God's going to provide? Because he's going to provide. But are you expecting it? Are you ready for it? Have you dug the hole? Are you waiting on the rain? Are you waiting on him to fill it up? You know, we see this. Uh, we may be in the valley, but it's not our destination. We just passed through. What about Psalms 23, 4? What did, what did the psalmist David say? He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will do what? Fear no evil, for you are what? With me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means there's going to be some shadows in there. There's going to be some eyeballs looking through the darkness at you. Like, who do you think you are? We got you a place right here. Come on over here. We're going to let you camp out with us. They want to try to keep you there. Who's bringing you to the valley? Who's escorting you to the valley? The devil. And he's got a lot of people that are already set up and trapped down there that he's hoping that you won't come out of it. But the problem is, is you're full of Jesus. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of God's Word. So when you show up in the valley, not only do you come out, but you actually bring some people with you. I'm saying, I mean, you are the light. Amen? I mean, we see the shadow of death and we walk down there speaking life. Death has to bow its knee. Death has to surrender because now life is on the scene. Man, I've said for years, back in the depression, our depression, you know what I'm saying, in 2008 when construction and all that went crazy and the economy went crazy, I remember when our company went from like 70, 80, I don't know, we might have had 100 people. It went down to just a handful of people. I remember saying all the time, this company will prosper because I'm here. I'm a child of God. The blessing of God is on me. This company will prosper. I want you to know that not only is that company came back, that company is thriving. Not only am I making more money than I was then, that company's making more money than it ever has. Why? I'm there. Your company, where you're working at, you are there. It changes the game. The schools you go to, the colleges you go to, I don't care where you go, you're carrying Jesus with you. And I'm going to tell you something. We don't serve a broke God. Amen. Don't tell me how, you know, well, you don't need nothing in life. You just need to be humble and broke. Well, you do that. I ain't. I serve a rich daddy that's got a lot of stuff. And he's got a lot of stuff he wants to give away. And I can tell you right now, these rap singers and actors and actresses and all these, they don't, it ain't all for them. I can tell you that it's not all for them. It's for the children of God to be able to get it, enjoy it, and disperse it. Amen? I mean, man, we, oh, I don't, Hallelujah. Oh, my God's rich. <laughs> He's a good God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me skip down a little bit. Psalms 84, 6. It goes on to say, as they pass through the valley of Becca, they make it a place of springs. I've kind of, you know, covered that right there. But I want to say something to you, and it's in your notes, okay, guys? And I want you all to really lean into this statement right here. Because when you're in the valley, when you're in a place to where you're going to have to trust God, this is what God would say to you and me. He said, show me your faith, and I will show you my faithfulness. Show me your faith, and I will show you my faithfulness. What am I saying there? That means if you'll trust my word, I'll show you that I'm going to be faithful. We got to do something first, guys. We can't play this, well, God, you know what? You just you prove to me, and then I'll believe. Mm -mm -mm. That's not how it works. Uh -uh. We got to have faith. You know, I love the ifs in the Bible. It says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you, God says. If you'll seek me, guess what? 
you will find me. If you're willing and obedient, guess what's going to happen? You will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you will make room for me, I will re reveal myself to you. What about the man that had the withered hand in the Bible? What did he tell him? He told him to what? Stretch out his hand. So that man had to do something. He had to stretch out his hand. He had to do something. It just didn't happen. He had to put some effort with it. See, God will put his supernatural with your natural. Okay? He's got to have us putting a foot in front of us. What about the man that was at the pool of Bethesda? He was around there. He was all these people. He was there for 38 years, guys. I mean, this whole pool, this is where they'd go. Uh, and at a certain time of year, they believed the angel would come down and trouble the water. And whoever fell in, they would get healed. So you can imagine it was a pretty popular place that where people messed up. Well, this guy, I guess, had been going there for 38 years to try to get healing, but he wasn't no better. I mean, he was messed up. Jesus shows up. What's he say to him? Get up. <laughs> get up. You're healed. Okay? Get up. He had to get up. He wasn't healed until he got up. I'm just saying we have to put faith in this mix, and he will show us his faithfulness. God rarely reveals himself when you're in a rush. I got to go. I got to go. Let me get in here. Get in the Bible. Oh, Paul, I love you. I love you. And you got, no, 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 no. What about Moses in the burning bush? And Moses came out and the bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. And God said, hey, take off your shoes. There's a chair over there. We're going to sit down. You're on holy ground right now. We're going to spend some time together. Take your shoes off. It's going to be a little while. If you want God results, you're going to have to do it on God's terms. You've got to slow down. You know, one of the things that we'll talk about in this series, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Do you ever know why God whispers? You know, they say God's in the whisper. He's not in the loud noise. Because, see, if I'm going to be whispering something to Lori, i got to be pretty close. God's with you. He's always right there. And he's wanting you to shut things down to where you can hear the whisper. you got to get quiet, and then God whispers to you. But as long as why the devil likes the noise to be cranked up. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. He likes, oh, man, he loves that. Because what it does is it gets you to where you can't hear the Soft whisper that God's want to give you. Prepare for the presence of God. God never says that you won't go through the valley, but what he does say is you will never go through the valley alone. God is with us. I love how the psalmist put it in Psalms 84, 7. He said they go from strength to strength, guys. They're in the valley, and they're going from strength to strength. Notice that they are going from strength to strength. They are getting stronger as they pass through the valley of Becca. They're not getting weaker, guys. They're getting stronger. You literally can come out stronger. Why? Because your trust is in God. You have looked to God to answer your problem and fix your problem, and He has, so you come out stronger. You come out better. Your witness is more alive. You are able to share more because you've seen the hand of God change your situation. And I'm telling you, when you see God do that, when I've seen God do this for her, I'm serious, man. It has changed my life. I mean, because I knew God could, I knew God would, but now I'm seeing God do it. And I'm seeing God do it every day. And now my witness is getting stronger and stronger. And that's for you and me. Because some of you guys may have not hit a valley so low yet, but you will. And as your pastor, I want you to be ready to not only get through the valley, but to help others through the valley. We don't want to stay in the valley. I ain't staying in that valley. Ain't nothing good down there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we will look to God in the valley, we will get stronger as we pass through the valley. So maybe in your life right now it's dark. Maybe you're going through some storms. Maybe you're facing some troubles. Maybe you're weak. Maybe you don't know what you're going to do. 
Let me give you some good news. He is your light in the darkness. He is your peace in the storm. He is your joy in the trouble. He is your strength when you're weak. He is there, guys. He will show you the way out. All you got to do is simply say, God, help me. God, show me how to get out of this. Don't accuse him, okay? He's never the problem. You want to actually praise him because he's the solution. He's going to bring you out. Friend, I can tell you right now, when you ask God to do something for you, it don't happen just like that. No more than when you take medication, all of your problems go away. Sometimes you have to take medication for what? Many days before it starts to work on your body. And we got faith in that. We'll believe the doctor that tells us, take this medicine and it's going to fix this problem. And thank God for that. But God says, you trust in me and I will get you out of this. And we go, huh? Huh? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if he will. Let me tell you something. His word is way more sure than anybody else's word. And just because you can't see it, it don't mean that it ain't happening. That's the good news with a great God you don't see with your physical eye. He is working. When you think he's not, he's working on your situation. Sometimes when you don't feel him, he's closer than you really even know. He's walking you through this. You know, life was going good with me and Belinda. We was on the mountaintop with God, enjoying life. Then bad news about Belinda hit us and we went into the valley. There was voices in my head telling me all the bad things that were going to happen. There was voices in my head letting me know she ain't going to live. She's going to die. There was voices in my head while I'm watching a playoff game, okay, the Falcons versus San Francisco, uh, it was L.A. Rams last year. I'm sitting up there trying to figure out how can we pay for dialysis, have no insurance, how can we do all that? I mean, I'm just racked. I mean, it's like, Ugh! and all I could see was her going down and going down, and I wasn't going to be able to help her. Why? That, that's the devil. He's trying to beat me down. He's trying to beat you down. He tries to do that day and night. There was voices in my head. But because we walk by faith and not by sight, we walk by faith and not by sight. God said that by the stripes of Jesus, Belinda is healed. He said it and we believed it. We shouted about it with a voice of victory. And as we wait for the healing to be seen with our eyes, we just, we just shouted the praise. Now, is she completely, totally, 100% where we wanted to be? No, but she's headed in that direction. She was doing dialysis seven nights a week. She's only doing dialysis six nights a week. One day at a time. One day at a time. Her kidney's getting stronger every day. Okay, you couldn't beat that out of me. It's happening. God is working. God is moving. But it's the same with you. You rejoice at every little step he's taking you through, and it opens the door for more. This is a kidney. Yours could be a job. It could be a relationship. It don't matter what it is. A valley's a valley. But I'm telling you how you get out is you take the scriptures. I took the scriptures, and they're all over our mirror, and I put Belinda's name in all of them. I stayed up late at night crying tears as I'm looking at the computer because I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? I didn't know. I've never faced something like this. I just know somebody I love is going through something. And she can't pray. She can't talk to God hardly. She's so weak, she can't even hardly do anything. So I know I'm up against it. I know that I have to rise up. This ain't playtime no more. The devil's knocked on my door. He's trying to take something from me, and I ain't going to let it happen. So as I look at that computer, and I type, and I'm putting in scriptures, the Holy Spirit's helping. I'm up late. She's laying in the bed, and I'm just crying, and I'm weeping. I'm saying, God, help me. Show me the Word. Show me the scriptures. So I begin to put Belinda's name in all these scriptures, and I started taping them to the mirror in our bathroom that are still there to this day. And I look at them and we would say them and we would say them and we would say them. Despite what everybody else said, we kept saying it. Now I'd like to tell you this. I would like to say that when we did that, the devil just said, oh man, we've got to get out of here. Ooh, it's bad. Uh-uh. That did not happen. 
That did not happen. But I can tell you right now, man, if you'll keep fighting, you will win. You don't give up. This church is here in this community for a reason. Does the devil want us here? No. Would he love for us to shut the doors down? Oh, yeah, he would. He would. But I can tell you what, 2019 ain't going to be like 2018. This church is going to do something. I don't care. But, hey, the growth of the church, how the church grows is up to him. I just know right here, we're going to get out there and we're going to do what we're called to do. And I can tell you right now, God is already working on some of you guys. He's working on some of the leaders in this church. We're putting together a plan. He's putting this here. He's putting it. He's working. We're getting the inside strong. We're getting the foundation strong because there's going to be some people coming here. And we're not moved by what we see. I'm telling you, man, this church right here, we're going to look at the devil in the face and say, you want some? Oh, you're going to get some, Jack. Because we're not moved by what we see. We're moved by what we believe. What did we do in the valley? We trusted God. And now we're praising him for healing Belinda, healing your body, helping you get financially well, helping you out. Put your name in the scriptures. Those scriptures are for you. Those promises are for you, not heaven. They don't need them up there. He gave us these problems so we, promises so we can put our name in them. And watch your situation change. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Man, we got a guy here right now going to be getting a kidney in a few weeks. Hallelujah. He's more excited about a vacation for 30 days than he is a kidney. Hallelujah. But God has brought a kidney to him. You know, the average wait time for a kidney is like five to seven years. Last time I checked my calendar, it ain't been no five or seven years. It's been way less. And we're going to pray for him today. They say, well, it's going to take this much time for you to recover. It's going to, no, no, no. He's going to have 30 days of a bliss vacation. His healings will spring forth quickly. He's, everything's going to be supernatural. And not just him, but Bryce, the kid that's giving him that. We're going to pray for him today too. He's going to recover quickly because we serve the great I am. Not the great I was. He's the great I am. And I'll tell you what, he can make things that look bad and he can turn them around. Hallelujah. We enjoy God on the mountaintops. But guys, we get to know him intimately in the valleys. So when you're in a valley, do me a favor. Pull up a chair. Ask God, how can I learn? How can I grow as I'm in this? Because you're coming out. You're not staying there. But while you're there, I told her, I said, you know what, we're here. Maybe we ought to start reaching out to some people that are going through kidney problems. Maybe, we ought to, maybe we're here. We, you know, let's begin to look around. She's coming out. And you know, really, guys, you think about this. What if you trust in God and you die? <laughs> I mean, you're trusting God. You're going after God with all your heart. You're giving him everything. You're trusting his word. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're dead. What's the worst case scenario? Hey, Jesus. How you doing? So I had a hard time even talking, saying, well, you know, I, I didn't know if she was going to make it because, you know, such and such and such. But I'm thinking, well, if she died, she's seeing Jesus. If she stays here with, with me. I mean, I'm like, Jesus, Nathan, Jesus, Nathan. Uh -huh. I kind of vote Jesus. So my thing is, guys, worst case scenario, and it don't go the way you think it should, you're in heaven. Duh. I mean, wow. What a, a reward. You're in heaven. And I can promise you there's multiple kidneys in heaven. Hallelujah. Gold kidneys. Hallelujah. I mean, it's, I'm just telling you, man. 
We serve a good, good God. So we seek His strength. We fix our mind on Him. We dig a well because we're expecting God to do things in our life. You're going through the valley. We're not trying to run. No, no, no. We're going to dig it and say, God, we know you're going to fill it. We know you're going to take care of it. We know you're going to heal me. We know you're going to bless me. We know you're going to bring me somebody that I can marry that loves God, loves Jesus. I know you're going to do this because I look to you and not to man. Hallelujah. God is with us in the valley. Matthew 1.23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with you. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, guys, I want us to sing a praise song. So we need to go back maybe to one of those praise songs, maybe out of the grave or something. I don't know, man. We need to do something, man, because, guys, I want y'all... I want y'all to praise God. I want you guys to clap your hands. I want you to get excited. I want you to move around because you're not staying in the valley. If you're there, it's only a temporary destination. You are coming out. And you're going to bring people with you. But it's your shout. It's your praise that brings you out. Amen? Amen. Lifting up the name of Jesus. Lifting up God. Getting excited. Be passionate. Go after it. I don't care what people think about you around you. They ain't in the same valley as you. And you want out of this valley. I'm going to tell you what, if you was in a valley and you look behind you and there's a roaring lion coming after you, what would you do? Oh, well, you know what, man, it's cool. It's cool. Ain't no big deal. No, you are going to be running for your life. And that's what I want you guys to do. Grab God's hand and run and run and run. And I watch you, I promise you, you'll come out of that valley. You'll come out of that valley. Because God, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never have you seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. It don't happen. You trust God, you win every time. Nobody has ever trusted God and failed. Never. It don't happen. Because our God is an all-consuming fire. He is full of life. He's full of victory. And I promise you, man, we're going to the other side. Do y'all believe that? Will y'all praise him like y'all are crazy, radical? I mean, just... I mean, get beside yourself. Man, you serve the great I am, man. He's here. He's in you. I believe I'm in a room full of people that know Jesus. And I can tell you right now, if you had a daughter that was sick, you need to shout that she's healed. If you have a son that's lost, you need to shout that they're saved. I'm telling you, we praise Him. We praise Him. When do we stop praising Him? Never, never, never. I'm telling you guys, our God will cause things to come to pass. I don't care where your kids are. I don't care where your finances are. I don't care where your relationships are. I promise you, God will see you through. You keep shouting. You keep shouting. You keep praising. I don't care if you've got tears running in your face and you're thinking, I mean, all kinds of negative stuff's coming to your head. You keep praising our great God. You keep praising our great God. He will turn it around. He will turn it around. I promise you. So I want you to praise God just for a few minutes for the answer. Not for the problem. And I don't care where you're at in life. It's between you and God. But I know this, I serve a good God that will fill you up. Maybe you just kind of gotten dry right now. You just ain't really on fire for God. Well, guess what? You're at the right place. You praise Him and watch Him fill it up. You praise Him and watch Him light the fire in your life. I'm going to tell you something. You serve a daddy that loves you guys. You serve a daddy that's crazy madly in love with you. Don't get stuck in the mud. Don't get stuck in that stuff. Now, band, I want you guys to worship. I want y'all to praise.
That guitar may blow up, Maverick. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I want y'all to get beside yourself. I'm going to stay right up here walking around because these guys are anointed. They're anointed to lead us somewhere we desire to be. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to sing with them. We're going to shout the praises of God. And I don't know how long we'll be doing it. But I just want you to get beside yourself. See yourself victorious. See yourself on top of what the devil's trying to put on top of you. And let it come out.